We've all heard of the ark. We have all sang about Mr. Noah and how he built an ark. We think back to those days and we thank God for them when we sat in our children's meetings and in Sunday school meetings and we thought upon this story. The world is still talking about uh, Noah's Ark. Some people even make a joke about it. They don't mean any harm, of course. Uh, They might see using something, some utensil in the kitchen or some tool in the workshop and is ancient. And of course they will say, well, where did you get that? It must have come out of the Ark. People are still talking about the Ark, but the world, of course, has taken it a step further and they have scorned the very idea of this man thousands of years ago building a big boat in the middle of nowhere and waiting for a great flood to sweep them all away. And they laugh about this story in the Bible. Despite all of the evidence, and we've heard about the record of all the fossils right throughout the world, buried in the earth, which are, of course, only the the evidence of a great catastrophe such as the flood. And yet, the world, they don't want to accept that it happened. They don't want to accept this story of Noah and his ark. And quite simply because if they did, then they would have to face up to the reality of God's judgment. Now that's another thing. They might want to sing the children's chorus, but they don't want to face up to the reality of God's judgment in the days of Noah. But of course it's in the Bible. And it's not only in the Old Testament, but it's also in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke of Noah as a real historical figure in the past. That there was such a thing as the days of Noah. And of course, when he, when he spoke about that, he, he, he wanted to remind his audience that those days are coming again. And as we approach the second coming of the Lord, we will enter into the very same days. And we are already in them. There is so much wickedness. God wants to remind us tonight that if we remain in our sin, that judgment will fall. God reminds us tonight that this is how it will all end for you, sinner. Just as it did for these people in the days of Noah. And I wonder tonight, are you prepared just as Noah was and his family? Are you prepared for the day of judgment when you stand before God?
I want you to think first of all about household salvation. Look at the reference here in our text. God says to Noah, the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Those are wonderful words. How we long that this might be our own testimony. Every family here, you would love that to be your testimony. That all your household would be saved. Here's an invitation from God to Noah and his family to come into the ark. Into a safe place where they might be shielded from the judgment of God. But you see, there was a problem. God could see Noah, as you can see here. For thee have I seen righteous before me. But God could also see the world all around him. And it was so very different from what he could see in the life of Noah. And you'll notice it there. We read it in chapter 6 and verse Five. What did God see? And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Not a pretty picture. And this is a problem for these people. This is how God describes the people. In Noah's day, not only on the outside, not only were they uh, apparently very wicked, but also on the inside. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, only evil, continually. What a picture of man's heart. Not very gratifying, not very pretty. And this was a problem. As God looked down upon the people in Noah's day, they had a big problem. They were wicked. They were wicked right to the core. And therefore, we read the words in verse 13. God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. The end. The end has come. You know, and I know tonight, that we are not going to get away with our sins. You may have been sinning now in your life for many years. You are not going to get away with it. These people didn't get away with it. Their sins are going to be met very soon by God's judgment. That's how this story unfolds. God looks down, he sees the wickedness, and then he turns to his servant and he informs him that the end, the end has come. The end of all flesh has come before me. And that is a problem for these people. 
and you know sinner. It hasn't changed. It's still the very same problem today. God looks down and he has the very same picture. We read of it there in Psalm 14. In Psalm 53, the very same words. Paul quotes the words again in Romans chapter 3. God looked down. And what did he see? There was none righteous. No, not one. And that's what God sees when he looks down upon our nation today. And upon you, sinner. And that's a problem because that sin in your life that has not yet been dealt with will soon be met with God's judgment. The end will come. Just you remember that today. If there's nothing else you remember from this meeting, remember, sinner, as you go out and continue in your sin, the end will come. The end of your sin will come. The end of your pleasures of sin will come. That was a problem. But thank God that was not the end of the story. Because there is also here the provision. You'll notice in the very next breath, in verse 14, after God pronounces his judgment, he comes in immediately with these words, Make thee an ark. Notice that. Notice how God is moved in this situation to reach out to these sinners. Yes, they've sinned against him. The wickedness is so great against him. He's going to destroy them. But in the very next breath, he says to Noah, make thee an ark. Here's God's provision for sinners. If only they would come. Make thee an ark. Same ark. Chapter 7, verse 1. God invites Noah and his family to come in. God's provision for sinners. Same thing happened when Adam fell in the garden. When he disobeyed God. Just immediately... God comes in with the promise of the Savior. Isn't that wonderful? He could have left this fallen race to themselves to die in their sin without a Savior. And thank God that's why he invited Noah and his family to come into the ark and why we have come here tonight to present to you an invitation to come to Christ because God has provided a way, a safe place, and it's found in Christ. Peter says, neither is there salvation in any other. There is only one ark and there's only one Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to bear our sins. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
And he took our sins in his own body on the tree and he suffered the punishment that we deserve to suffer, that we might be saved. And thank God we can offer you Christ freely tonight in the gospel. There's a provision of salvation for these sinners in the ark. And there's a provision of salvation for you, sinner, tonight in Christ. But notice also here the preparation. If you turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, we have a commentary. on the life of Noah. And you notice how he prepares himself for judgment. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his household. Notice how Noah prepared himself for coming judgment. He didn't just sit back and look at the ark and admire this wonderful piece of engineering, but he arose to the occasion He took God at his word. God had a plan of destruction, but thank God he also had a plan of salvation. And Noah knew all about this. And he accepted what God had to say. And so he moved with fear. He knew that judgment was coming. And he had to get into that safe place. Both he and his family You can imagine Noah as he preached there for decades. What a long ministry. As he preached to that people. How he was able to reach his own children. Wasn't that wonderful? See them all safely gathered up. Prepared an ark to the saving of his household. I wonder tonight, believer, are we concerned, I'm sure you are, that you might see your household all safely brought into that safe place, into Christ, where they might be safe, where they might be saved, where they might be prepared for that day of judgment. Thank God Noah had that experience. We all know the story well. And we thank God tonight that we find here a man who had the joy of household salvation. Don't we all wish for that, brother and sister? Salvation does not run in the bloodstream, but thank God by experience Uh, that that also runs in families. God is interested in saving households. And so, brother and sister, we would say to you, keep holding on. Keep seeking the face of the Lord for your household. 
Noah preached for decades and he saw his household saved. You think of God's promise. His covenant was to Abraham and his seed. And Abraham was very much interested in fulfilling his obligations as a parent. If you turn over to Genesis 18 and verse 19, God had made a covenant with him and his seed. And yet at the same time, he also felt the need to instruct them in the things of God. Genesis 18 and 19, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. Abraham had God's promise, but at the same time he was also responsible And brother and sister, yes, we have God's promise that he will gather in our families into the fold of God, but we must also be responsible in reaching them with the gospel. This is encouraged time and time again in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You remember how young Timothy, he enjoyed that privilege in his childhood As from a child thou hast known the scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. It was offered to the jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. We must take this seriously brother and sister to the quiet place. God knows your heart. And God knows your need. And thank God, as Peter put it in Acts 2, the promise is to you and to your children. Yes, salvation may not run in the bloodstream, but it does run in families. And we must make it a priority. Even as we thought this morning, to reach our children, To bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord just as Noah did. There was a problem and that problem is in our homes as well. And that is the problem of sin. But thank God there's also the provision that is made in Christ And we must prepare. We must prepare. I wonder tonight, sinner, have you prepared for coming judgment? God is interested in the salvation of your soul. That is why we have this church here tonight. That is why we come to you with the gospel. Because God is interested in the salvation of your soul and your family. Noah enjoyed this in his life. And thank God you can also enjoy this. Household salvation. What a wonderful story. There was also here free salvation. 
There is a reason why Noah found a safe place. And we read here in verse 1 of chapter 7 the reason why. Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For they have I seen righteous before me in this generation. That's what made the difference in Noah's life. Everybody else, what did God see? He saw their wickedness. But when he looked upon Noah, what did he see? He says, for thee have I seen righteous. What a difference. Of course, this not, did not come naturally to Noah. He came from the same fallen race as everyone else, inherited the same fallen, sinful nature as everyone else. There was nothing special about Noah. He was just a sinner saved by grace. Paul underlines this, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, even Noah. Noah was a sinner. But thank God he came to that place where God could see him righteous in his sight. There's only one person that ever lived a perfectly righteous life. And that is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. When God looked upon his son, he was always the one in whom he was well pleased. He could not sin. He did no sin. How did Noah get to that same place? How can a sinner get to the same place where God, the holy God of heaven, can actually look down upon us and see us as righteous, just like Christ? Thank God that's very possible. Thank God that is freely offered in the gospel tonight. And you can have it, sinner, in all of your sin. You can have this tonight. They can have this righteousness. You'll notice in chapter 6, in verse 8, this is where it all commenced. Noah found grace in the eyes of of the Lord. Saved by grace wasn't anything that Noah did, isn't anything that you or I can do will ever make us righteous in God's sight. Impossible. Don't go down that road of good works, it'll never work. You need the grace of God. Noah found grace. In the midst of such a wicked generation. He found grace. God stepped in. Just like the story and the testimony of the Ephesian believers. Who were dead in their trespasses and sins. God stepped in. 
For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It couldn't be any clearer than that. It wasn't any different for Noah. God revealed to him the plan of destruction. God revealed to him the plan of salvation. And he was moved by God's grace. Moved. And he prepared an ark to the saving of his household. And you notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. As God speaks about Noah. First two words. By faith. By faith. That is how Noah entered into this wonderful position. Where he could now be seen by God as righteous. It was by faith. It was by believing in God. And we know that oftentimes in the scriptures, believing is receiving. So he simply received this righteousness from the hand of God. It was given to him. This, of course, is not a new idea. It is something which was spoken of Abraham. If you turn over to chapter 15 and verse 6, this is one of the first fuller accounts of this wonderful grace of God when a man is counted righteous. Says of Abraham, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. In other words, he accepted what God had to say. Yes, he was a sinner. But thank God, God had provided to him a way of salvation. He accepted that and he received from God a righteousness. And God could now see him righteous. In his sight. These words are quoted by the Apostle Paul. In Romans chapter 3. And chapter 4. This is what Paul has to say. The righteousness of God. Which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believe. Chapter 4 and verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him. And so we can see here the connection between faith, between receiving and righteousness. When a sinner comes to that place by the grace of God and accepts that he's a sinner and that Christ is the Savior, God gives him Christ's righteousness. Sometimes the Bible describes it as a robe. We sang about Jesus' blood and righteousness. And we put on the robe of righteousness. 
and we appear righteous in the sight of God. It's like changing your clothes for a very important occasion. We come home from work in our dirty clothes. We know what's coming up. We know that we must be ready. We take off the filthy clothes. We wash ourselves and we put on the clean clothes and that makes us ready. And that's what we find in Christ. Christ comes to the sinner and he takes away all his filthy rags of righteousnesses and all his filthy rags of wickedness and he strips him of all his sin. He cleanses him in his precious blood and he clothes him in his own righteousness which we have received by faith alone. And thank God when God looks upon us in Christ he no longer sees our sin. He no longer sees the filthy rags, but he sees the righteousness of Christ. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Christ paid the price for our salvation. It cost him dearly. It cost him his life, his life's blood. But it's free. It's free to whosoever will come. And we offer it to you tonight freely in the gospel. And I wonder tonight, have you come to that place in your own experience? Has God reached you by his grace? Have you come to accept what God has said about you as a sinner? Have you come to accept what God has said about Christ as a saviour? Do you recognise tonight that you have no righteousness of your own, that you need to be saved from your sin, that you need the righteousness of Christ, that you might appear righteous in the sight of God, that you might be ready for that all-important occasion, the day of judgment, and you'll never be ready unless you find Christ as your Savior. Notice one more thing about this salvation, household salvation, free salvation, also transforming salvation. Noah was not only in a better position, but he was also now a better man. Chapter 6 and verse 9, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And when it says here that he was perfect, it doesn't mean that he was sinless, but it simply means that he was growing, growing in the knowledge of Christ and in his walk with God day by day. He walked with God, and that word means to walk habitually. Every day he walked with God and he drew closer to God. There was a transformation in his life. 
and all the rest of society were living as they pleased and laughing at Noah as he walked with God and as he prepared this ark to the saving of his household. But God was blessing him. He was a new man in a better position and a better man all because of the grace of God. Let me say to you tonight that you can profess a whole lot of things but unless God reaches you by his grace, unless he cleanses you from your sin, unless he clothes you in his perfect righteousness, unless he transforms you by his Holy Spirit and makes you a new creature in Christ, you will not be prepared for the day of judgment. And I wonder, is this in your life? I wonder, are you walking with God? I wonder, is the evidence there in your life that you are in Christ? Thank God. If you are tonight in Christ, then you will be in a safe place on the day of judgment. You will be able to stand before God and you will know in your heart that Christ is your Savior. Sinner, tonight we would urge upon you to prepare to meet thy God. If you do not prepare to meet your God, then you will not be prepared for the day of judgment. Noah was ready. He was ready for the day of judgment. His family were all safely gathered in. And we want to make that our prayer tonight as we close this meeting. That you, sinner, in this meeting will be prepared. Will prepare yourself by coming to Christ by faith for salvation. May the Lord be pleased to do that work.